Welcome to the Nativity Podcast, where we give listeners a behind-the-scenes look into the life of our active Catholic parish here in Burke, Virginia. How can we help you grow in your own faith? Listen to find out. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to the Nativity Podcast. I am Father Ed Bresnahan, parochial vicar at Nativity Parish in Burke, Virginia. With me, as always, is my wonderful co-host. Dear social media coordinator, Mary Castellano. Oh, man, we are broadcasting to you today on season two season of two. an amazing podcast. We've uh, we've been talking to some amazing people. We have a great show for you today. Very excited because, um, again, not so like timely in the sense of uh, we, we try to make sure that, that that anyone listening to our podcast can listen at any time of the year but uh today our specific focus is really about a season it's mm-hmm. about a season i mean it really can fit all seasons because can, yeah. care for creation is not something that just happens in the spring but we we tend to focus on it a little bit in spring. We start cleaning things up. We start planting. We we start kind of sorting through all of our things, and uh, and so in a beautiful way today we are very very blessed to welcome from Creation Care Ministries, one of our amazing ministries here in the parish. From Creation Care Ministries, we're going to welcome Kim and George Young. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so Father. much for having us. Oh, we are so glad to have you guys. And spring has sprung, so I'm sure you guys are incredibly uh, busy setting up a ton of things uh, at home and probably also here. Mary, I don't know if you're a gardener. I'm like a, a really a terrible gardener. Um, I Most of my outfits, I wear black, so the idea of having like a green thumb is, is unusual. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but, but I, I do think that one of the things that I've always loved about the outdoors and about uh, gardening and stewarding creation is, uh, is, is how connected it is for me to growing up. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to ask and just throw out the, the question kicking us off today. What's like the one plant or the one thing that you garden that just brings so much joy and emotion or whatever? What's like what your favorite thing to garden? For me, Father, it's, uh, well, I, I don't actually have a green thumb. Um, <laughs> I don't think, I think the last time I planted something was maybe in kindergarten. But um, <laughs> but no, I the, the plant that I've really appreciated this spring season is uh, our tulips. So there's like this main strip of road in my home in, in my hometown in um, Montgomery Village, Maryland. And I don't know if this was something new they just started doing this year, but they, they planted a bunch of tulips kind of at the end of this median, this kind of green space. And it's beautiful. It looks like a stock image from like a Hallmark card. I love it. It's, it just brings me so much joy. It looks so good. So yeah, I'm, I'm really into tulips right now. All right. All right. They are beautiful. They really are. They're like a stunning, and kind of one of the first ones to bloom in the spring, right? Definitely, yeah. Right, I think so. They follow the daffodils, right? You get the daffodils first, and then you get the bluebell, or the tulips, tulips, right, with the wide range colors. Well, Kim, George, what about you guys? I'm really into native plants, and these are plants that, you know, have been here forever, and they survive well in our, you know, in our native forests. And the fun thing about golden ragwort is it's one of the first wildflowers to bloom, and as a result, it provides wonderful pollen for all the early you know, bees that are coming awake in the spring. And we're also really into native plant Mary Gardens now. And I just love the fact that Golden Ragwort has the Mary Garden reference of Mary's candlesticks. So that really creates a fun image for me in my mind. Yeah. That's incredible. Do they have just like long, I mean, I guess what do the, yes. fl- the flowers just look long? And- yeah, so it's a beautiful ground cover, you know, and it's it's evergreen, so you'll okay. see it year round. But then in March, that sends up these really tall stalks with beautiful gold flowers 
flowers on the top and it does look like a little flame on the top. So it's just a perfect, you know, these Marion Garden references are just so neat because you could just picture in your mind someone thinking this through and what does this remind me of that has to do with Mary? <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And George, what about you? For me, I like the spring wildflowers and one of my favorites is the bluebells which have been blooming locally. We have a few in our yard, and when they establish, they're, they're just beautiful fields of bluebells. Nice. I can't resist saying they have a Mary Garden reference as well, and it's Mary's thimbles, because they look like little thimbles. Oh, oh that's incredible. That. What about you, Father? <laughs> Did you already answer the question? Well, I talked about, I talked briefly just about how, for me, spring was always that, like, kind of, there's always that awakening, like, we always clean the house, yeah. but it's also, just reminds me of growing up, and in the house that I grew up in, we had juniper bushes, and we had um, just giant field that we used to put, you know, pumpkins and squash and stuff in there, but the best that, that we just absolutely loved was the the one thing that really established itself was the blackberries. We had these giant blackberry bushes. And so every June, right, every, you know, late May, early June, you know, the kids, my brother, my sister and I, we and cousins, anybody who was around, we would just go through this field. And, you know, when you're little, it's the field feels giant. I mean, today it's probably less than like, a you know, an eighth of an acre. <laughs> but, but you go back and it just doesn't seem like it's the same size as you remember. But when you're little i mean these bushes are towering over you there's you know there's blackberries everywhere you have to be just careful about getting through the thorns and stuff like that so i mean whatever we didn't eat i mean we we, we would just stuff ourselves with blackberries um but uh but if we if we, we would also have like you know buckets where we would try to save them and, and mom mom you know to her credit was so good about sort of discovering how to um can them turn them into jellies uh and things like that pretty much for most of the fall we'd have blackberry jam for our, uh, nice. you know, for our peanut butter and jelly, and it was just homemade, oh. grown right in the back, grown right in the backyard. Wow, my mouth is so, watering. Not true. I know, right? Oh, man. <laughs> well, people make fun of me a little bit here because I do have a bit of a sweet tooth. You know, outside of the bacon, everybody knows Father Bresnahan <laughs> loves bacon, but you know, a little bit of the sweet tooth. So, you know, just the idea of like, oh man, homemade blackberry, like, just, it's it was fantastic. So mm. you can still pick those, Father, and some of the medians around the Beltway. There are blackberry patches. In the old days, I I would go and park, and we'd harvest blackberries out of around 495. That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> yeah, kind of bizarre, but they're there. We always thought it was just fascinating that I mean they just grew like just anywhere. They were on the sides sides of roads right. and stuff like that, and they're usually in those places right. that didn't get a lot of uh, maybe right. state maintenance. It wasn't right. really like private property. It wasn't really you know like state like trimmed and mowed. That, so yeah, that's that's incredible. They're out, there. right. they're out there. I feel like uh, I feel like it's a good food source for a lot of animals. Uh, I think yeah. de deer. Yeah, I think definitely. we used to have a lot of deer in our yard that really loved uh, that really loved the blackberry bushes. They like some of our other stuff, so we didn't really get very much of that. The, the deer would get them first. That's but, right. You know. But we've been talking a little bit about this, but I'd really like to dive into what it is that you guys do in our wonderful parish and, and, and what kind of brought this to you. So how did you guys get connected to Nativity and you know, what's the Creation Care story? Yeah, so Creation Care Ministry has been around at Nativity since 2017, and this was after the publication of Pope Francis's encyclical, Laudato Si, on Care for Our Common Home. And so we're just one of a lot of service, you know, uh, and outreach ministries in the parish. What's cool about Creation Care right now is that it's not only at many parishes uh, in the diocese, but there's also a diocesan level Care for Creation network, which we are a part of. And so it really gives that camaraderie and the ability to share ideas, you know, within the diocese. 
Interestingly, that network falls under the Peace and Justice Commission, which of course is Father Bob's thing. So we're, you know, we have that little that little bonus going. We have home team advantage. That's, that's right, right. Yeah, we do. That's right. Home, home field, yeah. yeah. That's right. But it's really about you know uh, bringing the mission of environmental stewardship and the meaning of Laudato Si here to the parish, uh, but also to encourage people to have these same practices at home, you know, at work and their public areas and that sort of thing. And we have about twelve active members, but we have a lot of people who, you know, read our bulletin announcements. I sent, we send out a lot of emails with information, and we are also trying very much to collaborate with other ministries. We all know how busy everybody is, and so we find that although we may not have, you know, 20, 30, 40 people attending our meetings, we do reach out to other ministries and see how we can collaborate on, on different projects. We've been doing much more of that lately. So mm-hmm. we'll get volunteers for special projects, whether it's a planting, whether it's fall festival, whether it's the uh, fair trade sale. So any of our different projects, people participate as it fits them mm-hmm. and their interest and what they want to do with their time. So we have some very specialized uh, volunteer through that, that sure. aspect. One of the things that's interesting, I think, about it, about creation care and environmental stewardship is it's such a broad field. You know, people are interested in climate change or they're interested in native gardening or they're interested in fair trade. I mean, there's just so many different areas you can get involved in. And people, as a result, come from many different interests, you know, to, to join with us. Mm-hmm. How long have you all, has creation care been present at Nativity? We, we actually had a ministry maybe 10 years ago. But it faltered after a little bit of time. We just had trouble getting traction. But I'll tell you, when Laudato Si came out in 2015, that was really, it was just, it was it was brilliant on the Pope's part. But that really is what uh, brought us to a much stronger place. Uh, and so 2017 is really sort of what we consider our kicking off point. Mm-hmm. So now you said you work and collaborate with other groups. Are there any groups in specific that you have worked with maybe regularly or like, I guess maybe just who are some of these kinds of people and what, what kinds of projects would be like that, that kind of a thing? Yes, there's several and, and it really is just sort of the tip of where we want to go because our, our vision is more collaborative, right? That, sure, yeah. To, to help sure. other ministries incorporate some of the concepts and uh, uh, actions and strategies. So, but the school, we've worked closely with the school on doing a couple different projects. Uh, Women of Nativity have helped uh, with the medicine medicine bottle bottle project. They're very active in that. We've been sponsoring quite a few um, Eagle Scout projects. So you'll notice some of the different projects. You know, one example is the beautiful Schurer Garden, the Memorial Garden. We worked with um, that young man to make sure that the plantings were native there. Um, yeah, and that came out really, it really did. well. It's a, it's it's very a very peaceful, that's a very peaceful garden over We've there. We've been working with, yeah, the, which... uh, with the school and uh, on the um, vegetable gardens, the Fiacre, you know, St. Fiacre Gardens for to be able to provide, uh, you know, tasting opportunities for the students and also created compost bins down there so that they could begin to understand, you know, that recycling process with compost. Right. Mm-hmm. And even working with the Eagle Scouts, on the back of the school, the seating area, and some of the planting uh, back there. So, yeah, yeah there's been some. The Knights of Columbus see us mm-hmm. coming. We, we work on the parish <laughs> festival with the, with the waste management. Actually, they've been super cooperative, but it has been funny, you know, making sure that and at the beer garden or the wine tasting that, you know, all of the bottles get taken to the, to the purple bins, you know, right, at the police right. station. And they are good. I and mean, they've the plastic, really been very yeah. responsive and very yeah collaborative uh, so it's really been it it's really cool been. because it's been such a vehicle 
to connect with our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we cross over all these different ministries that otherwise we might not have time to participate with or to join. And it's really, that has been an amazing blessing for me. I've loved that. You, sure. guys, you guys mentioned kind of a vision. So this is kind of the tip of your vision. If you had like an ideal, a dream vision, what, what would that be here at Nativity? Well, I think one of the things is realizing that in uh, Laudato Si, again, the encyclical, Pope Francis was reaching out, not in the normal way with an encyclical where he's reaching out to the bishops or to the lay faithful, but he, he even said in, in the introduction, you know, that he's, this is, has to be a dialogue with all people about care for our common home. So I think what through both education and collaboration and these different projects, we would really want you know, everyone in, in the parish and really in the community, even beyond nativity, to experience what Pope Francis is looking for, which is an ecological conversion. That people do this as, it's just their, their first thought on any action that they take, they're considering their impact on the environment. Um, and so that, that's, a big, that's a big ask. But that's sort of what we work towards, is everything is just broadening people's vision, making them look at things a little bit differently in terms of the actions that they take. And again, not just here at the parish, but at home, at school, at work, in all of their activities. I love that. It's like, it's an additional mindfulness that yes. you guys are right. aiming towards, as yes. opposed to just having, you know, numbers show up at a club, you know? <laughs> sure. Exactly. I love that. So you keep talking about uh, Pope Francis's Laudato Si. Maybe you can kind of unpack that for our listeners and just kind of explain what that what that is. Yes. So uh, the Laudato Si, again, is, is an encyclical and uh, addressed all people. Um, it was really meant on Pope Francis's part to be sort of a wake-up call about environmental degradation around the world, but not just about that. It was also sort of getting us to stop and think a little bit more about our relationships with nature and also our relationship with our fellow man. We know that the poor are disproportionately affected by environmental degradation. And of course, you know, that's so, so important. And that's why we have, you know, on our little button that we showed you, you know, it's caring for creation and caring for the poor because, Mm -hmm. because of that, you know, they are, they are so disproportionately affected. So the Pope really wants us to look at all of these relationships, our relationship to nature, our relationship to our fellow man. And when we're not taking care of the environment, we're not taking care of our fellow man because we all need a healthy planet, you know, moving forward. And one other thing I know that George and I feel very strongly about is, is also he asks us to look across generations because when we don't care for the environment, you know, what are we leaving, you know, what are we leaving to our, to our children and grandchildren, you know, an uninhabitable planet. And so he really asks us to not only experience this ecological conversion and change our habits, but also to, uh, you know, pray for others to do the same and work to help them to see it. It's not everybody's background to really understand how these systems work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what, that's what, you know, the, the education is very important to Pope Francis as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's one of the things I always like whenever I'm preparing couples to to get married. One of the things that I like to do is take them through Scripture. And one of the ways that I take them through Scripture is making them read the first three chapters of Genesis. And when they read the first three chapters of Genesis, you start looking at the relationship between God and man. You start looking at the relationship between man and, 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 and woman. And you start looking at the relationship between man and woman and the creation in the garden. And and not just a garden in the sense of, okay, well, they have one little plot of land they have to take care of, but they are called and placed in the garden. And it specifically says, right, it specifically says that he was, man was placed in the garden to cultivate and steward it, 
right? To mm-hmm. cultivate and care for it. Yeah. So man was given the privilege of being, right, a steward of creation from the very beginning. And when we look at the snake, <laughs> right, tempting Adam and Eve, instead of cultivating and caring for the garden, instead of exercising some authority over the snake, instead of caring for each other, instead they're eating the apple, they're giving the apple to each other, they're tearing up creation to hide themselves from each other, and then and then they're hiding in creation to hide from God because they're terrified about the consequence of what they just did. I've right. never thought of it like that. That's, yeah, that's, that's a beautiful kind of connection, Father. Pope Francis does a great job, too, of really going back through, you know, the Bible as well as many other church teachings and bringing these things to the forefront. Oh, yeah. You know, even explaining that, you know, some people interpret this as that we were to have dominion over the earth. And he says that's that's not really what the intention was. It's like you're describing that we are stewards, that we are, you know, working with these other, you know, species. Um, and one of his primary concerns really is that what we are doing that is reducing biodiversity around the world, which is so critical. And for two reasons. One is these are God's creatures. You know, he intended them to exist, uh, you know, to give glory to him. But also that we we tend to think that they aren't important, and yet we're reliant on them. You know, there are food webs. You know, we're, there's all sorts of reasons why we're reliant on a variety of uh, of animal life and plant life on our planet. Mm-hmm. So, Kim, can you give us a little bit of your own educational background? You keep talking about educating people about about caring for creation, and uh, so yeah, maybe you could just give us a little bit of your own kind of personal or professional background relating to this. Sure. Well, you know, and and we always want to emphasize to people that. It doesn't matter your background to get right. involved in creation care, but the, what got me started was the fact that, uh, well, first of all, I work as a naturalist with Fairfax County Park Authority, so I, I do this in my day job as well, which is a help. But uh, I grew up with a with a dad who was a landscape architect, and so we were always out, you know, with plants. and And George laughs because we always had a competition with the among the family about memorizing Latin names of plants. Camisipurus pacifera filifera aurea was always my, my longest one that I competed with with my brother. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I grew up with that, majored in biology with botany and that sort of thing. So I've always had a, a love of the environment and these issues. What's been so fun for me is, is the tie-in of my Catholic faith to creation care, because George and I talk about the fact that uh, we're Eucharistic ministers, we were religious education teachers and so forth, but it wasn't really for me personally until I got involved with creation care that I felt like I'd come full circle with my faith. This this was my place, mm-hmm. you know, was, was with the creation care ministry. That's beautiful. How long have you two been married? 43 years. <laughs> we we, uh, we were high school sweethearts at oh, actually Marshall wow. High School locally. Sure. Yeah, I've continued the journey. Wow. And George, what has years. been your kind of role in creation care? So Kim, I'm are, the are laborer. You, the laborer. <laughs> Kim, are you, are you the director or uh, what do you call yourself in this well, ministry? You know, it, it's a good question. I guess leader. Okay. Yeah. Leader. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But, but, but it's a, it's a very nebulous title. Sure. Okay. I'm, I'm support and labor. Uh, <laughs> support and labor. But, and encourager. I'll, and I'll challenge people periodically, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I'm married into the botany uh, world uh, I'm a, I, I grew up differently uh, although I grew up hiking and sure. and camping as a family out on out in the west in Colorado uh, so loved being outdoors all the time and so I think that's sort of how it's really spoken to me and the need for us to take care of our environment I mean it's just it's just a natural um, kind of I, I went a different line Kim went biology botany 
I went social work, mm-hmm. sure. therapy, uh, and that's that's what I've done. But I've tried to incorporate that into my own world, uh, my own professional world, as well as our personal world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that makes a little bit of sense, though, because also in Laudato Si, one of the things that I found very profound was that not only was uh, Francis connecting the idea of us being stewards of creation, but us also being members of creation and therefore stewards to one another. Yes. And in being stewards to one another, that's that's a social work moment. That's yes. a, Absolutely. <laughs> funny how those things kind of come hand in hand, because at the end of the day, the goodness of it isn't just for its own sake. It's mm-hmm. like you said, to glorify God. Like, the, like the, we talked about how the plants, the biodiversity glorifies God and, uh, and being able to find his fingerprints on all of the parts of creation, including ourselves, mm-hmm. and being able to see that in one another and being able to see that dignity in each other. It's just a powerful, uh, a powerful way to witness to faith. So that's amazing to be able to get connected to that. But also, and I kind of wanted to, to hone in on this because this is a beautiful thing. It's kind of sort of laughed. They chuckled a little bit when we asked them who the, you know, what your official title was. <laughs> and partly because there is no like official maybe a title, just a, right, a coordinator, right. sure, or leader yes. uh, yeah. of a group. But I think that really Queen speaks. Bee. Queen Bee. Oh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Oh, can you, native bee, native, native bee. There we go. <laughs> That's hilarious, but but it really speaks to the idea. I think that your that that creation care is trying to um, trying to stress is the idea that this isn't just a, an organization that you sign up for. We have elections and bylaws. We have biweekly meetings, you know, or anything like that. It's more like the kind of a thing that provides an outlet for anybody to get involved. Yes, yes. And, we, you know, I tell you, we would welcome interest also from our young people, sure, from young families. And I know they're very busy, but again, just trying to help them to develop from a very young age to see that this is just part of life, you know, just part of life. Also more men. We do tend to have more women in the organization than we do men, so we'd welcome more, uh, more male involvement. But, yeah, I think just that, that whole collaboration education. We're, we're at the point now where, you know, I, we find periodically, whether it's through the web page or through our bulletin announcements, that people will contact us about certain things, or they'll ask about, hey, we're going to have this event. Is there anything we should be keeping in mind? Right. You know, That's we've, great. we've worked a little bit with the caterer um, on improving the sustainability. I mean, even working with Rebecca Judge, who is just wonderful as our youth minister, as soon as she saw George and I coming to the soup, soup thing she immediately ran over to show me that we had glass bowls you know and that sort of thing and that she explained to me why we had plastic tablecloths that we were using these up and then in the future we're going to have you know cloth tablecloths it's just it just creates that excitement and that camaraderie that we are making better choices that are going to make you know they seem little but pope francis always says yeah there's a nobility in caring for creation with the the little daily actions small actions count sure it's the small things it is moving away from paper and trash and reusing and having the dishes and having their team at the Lenten soup uh, sure take care of that and reuse them and it was it's just a small thing but but very powerful yeah it also speaks to the idea i mean this is our spirituality right um there's several saints that have said something along the lines of do ordinary things with great love right or do ordinary things extraordinarily well right the idea of being able to find in our spirituality not just like uh, okay one day i'll do something really great and wonderful Mm -hmm. but rather let me be intentional about this moment in the present moment if our whole spirituality is rooted in that 
individual present moment where, you know, where we receive Jesus in the Eucharist or where, you know, where we take one moment out of our week to gather together and pray and offer that, you know, just something supremely ordinary as gathering together and praying. Well, how much harder is it to gather together and make one conscious effort to recycle or to, to use something a little bit more sensible? Right. Yeah. Or right. just incorporate it into our normal daily lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love what you said about inviting the younger, younger people into it. Cause yes. this is, a, I mean, for Gen Z, you know, for our young people who are in high school right now and they're emerging into college age, this is a huge desire on their heart. They're very passionate about taking care of our environment, of, of care, of caring for creation. I mean, this is, this is is very timely. What's one, wonderful is that, excuse me, just one, just one quick thing. One, that one thing that's so wonderful about Gen Z is they don't see this as a political issue either, right. you know, which is so, so very important. And they're willing to really advocate. You know, we talk about the small actions, but we also do need the big actions in terms of ad, advocacy with our, sure. our local, our state, our, uh, you know, national and our, and our really international governments in terms of, of action on climate, you know, change and things like that. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, yeah, no, I was just going to comment and tie in with the, the work camp. So, we're we're moving in with uh, to work with the high school students that are going to work camp this summer, and we're collaborating with a work day here on campus later this month. So we're real excited, you know, in terms of an opportunity to tie in Laudato Si to them, teach them that the small action that they're doing and the important actions they're doing, how to broaden that out to the the Catholic faith and. Uh, the importance of sustainability as well. So, yeah, we're pretty excited about that project. One of the things they get to do is to learn how to use this this app on their phones called Seek, which is something where if, uh, if we go outside and we take a picture of a plant, it will tell us what the plant is. And so the teens will then, when they're at work camp and they're, you know, cleaning up gardens, they'll know this is an invasive plant. English ivy, for example, sure, sure. this needs to go, you know, this is a good plant, you know, it can stay because our, our, our feeling is that when you know about something, you're more likely to care about. So that's why this education aspect is so important with the, with the teens. Like George said, we're really excited about this work day. Plus what we know about children and the young adults is that when they find their voice and their passion, it drives the parents. Mm-hmm. Mm. So they will teach us. Yeah. And they will take charge and they will point out, no, this action is unacceptable. And so that's where the beauty is. We get pretty excited with the school programming because once they get it, it goes further. It goes and further. So that's a we, good point. Really, uh, we really uh, enjoyed the, the moments and the continued efforts uh, and collaboration. Yeah, it's been good. So what are we doing here on campus? You mentioned kind of an in-house day or some projects uh, just briefly around uh, around the campus. Maybe you can go into some of the projects that we're doing right here at Nativity to kind of care for creation. Yeah, so one of the one of the big things, and of course I have to say this comes from my personal big thing of, of being into the native plants and the wildlife habitat gardening, is we're developing St. Kateri habitats. And these are areas which... Um, you know, focus on native plants and focus on uh, plants that will benefit our local, you know, pollinators and that sort of thing. So you've probably seen the one in the front garden, which um, now the daffodils and the hyacinths are not native. That's okay. They provide that beautiful spring color and they've been there forever. So we leave those, but we add in, you know, many other plants. There's a plant there called golden Alexander that's blooming beautifully right now. And we're, we're expanding that around the back to some of the little parking lot islands. And again, it, it's an opportunity. We, you know, if we're out there working, parishioners will stop and say, what is that? Why are you doing that? And, you know, this looks different than what I'm used to. So it's an opportunity to share there. 
The um, Fair Trade Festival in the fall fair is a trade sale. Fair yeah. Trade yeah. Sale is a big okay. one for us. The Care for Creation, you know, caring for the poor is tied in real well with the with the Fair Trade Sale. So what is the, what is the Fair Trade Sale? I remember visiting it and it was very nice to be able to see, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure exactly what it was. And I feel like for maybe our listeners, it'd be a good thing. So Fair Trade is uh, artisans from around the world that have products and they are paid a fair living wage to send their products to the United States. And then the, our, our goal here is to really highlight that as a option for our community and for other people to purchase items different from just at Safeway or Giant or Wegmans, wherever you get your normal kinds of things, um, and provide a alternative and to educate them about the some of the people around the world and what they're doing. A really good example, I think, is the Haitian metal art, which is really popular with oh, nativity yes. parishioners sure. because of our tie to Haiti. So these are, you know, art pieces that are made out of old oil barrels, which otherwise would just be thrown in the dump. And instead, they're preserved for these artisans to be able to, you know, to make these beautiful pieces, which sell for a very good price. And again, as George said, it provides a living wage for them, but also is providing a benefit to the environment of reusing something that would otherwise be be trash. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's that's very important with these artisans is the environmental responsibility aspects of it. So it's right. just a, a fair trade is a very cool way to tie in, you know, many of Catholic social teachings, the dignity of work, you know, care for creation, social responsibility. The reusable aspect, even if you don't buy anything, if you come into the sale just to look at where, you know, what the products are made from, and where they come from, and how the artisans have put these things together. There's such a wonderful opportunity there, even if there's no need to purchase anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But that's been a, a way to help sustain us financially. The organization helps and gives us a, a small percentage of the sales. So it goes to our ministry for the work we do here on campus and in the community. So that's been good. Do we still sell the chocolate bars year-round in our gift shop? Yes, in the gift shop, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And I think she may have a couple other things in there, too. As well. Yeah, the, as we well, well that are fair trade. They, I think so. Yeah, they've got yeah. Coffee, coffee and some of those things. And, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's local. That's every, every, But that's part of the gift shop, which is different from us, but it's fair trade. And so so it's, it, it all fits into the it mission. Does. It yeah, fits into definitely. the mission. Yeah, what's, what's been kind of fun, too, is, is different ministry members or even people outside the ministry will come up with these ideas. And what, someone found that there's a, a need for medicine bottles overseas because often medicine is distributed, you know, wrapped up in a leaf or a piece of, you know, scrap of some sort. And so um, Sue Bomar, one of our um, ministry members, found that you could uh, join up with Matthew, Matthew's Ministries and send clean medicine bottles overseas and so we use as it is a recycling effort you've probably seen the bin in the church office people can drop off their their super clean medicine bottles with no labels on them and those are sent overseas and so that's a project that that someone within the ministry came up with that's so clever it goes back to the the kind of concept of you're looking for just simple intentional ways of making choices that impact not just you but impact a little bit 
further down the line. So, so many people just throw a medicine bottle away. Right. And there's, especially for um, folks as they get older, they just get more medicine bottles. Yes. <laughs> so, <Aww. right. laughs> and if for us, it's just, okay, I show up at CVS, get the medicine bottle, and then throw the medicine bottle away. Right. And being able to make a conscious decision to sort of stop that sort of cycle of waste mm. um, gives at least one more, you know, uh, it passes it down the line in one more way that's useful, that's helpful. And people use those things in, in creative ways. So watching the ingenuity of people as well is really inspiring. The um, parish yard sale is another really good example because uh, first of all, it's it's wonderful from a creation care perspective because people are reusing products that otherwise, you know, they don't, that wouldn't, would go to waste. And then some of the ministry members work at the end to try to make sure that the leftovers are distributed appropriately. So maybe vases go to a local florist. George Geddick, who's, you know, of course, very active with the, with the yard sale, uh, was the first recipient of our annual Laudato Si Champion Award for the oh, work wow. that he does at the parish yard sale. So this was from our perspective. It was he's doing a great thing, and we were able to sort of highlight that by recognizing him in that way. So people say, "Wow, this isn't just you know the yard sale where you go and get cheap stuff. This is really making a difference, and right. the, the the leftovers are distributed in a way that's that's safe for the environment." That's beautiful. It's fantastic. What are some do's and don'ts? Maybe you can talk, like you're saying, practically. Um, what are some do's and don'ts for kind of caring for creation that you can just kind of inform our listeners as the professionals? <laughs> I think one of the things is, you know, not to be discouraged um, because, you know, we, we've made attempted to make some efforts here in the parish with some of the recycling. And recycling is a tough subject right now because, you know, the markets are down for recycling and, and we've had some issues with our waste management here at Nativity. So it's important to, you know, again, look at every little daily action that, that you can take, you know, moving forward. I think also just spending time in creation, uh, appreciating it. It comes back to that idea that if you don't understand it, you can't appreciate it and you won't want to care for it. So I think just trying to spend some time outside really enjoying yourself in nature is, a, is, an, important, is an important do. Mary, you mentioned uh, earlier the concept of grounding, mm -hmm. and that ties in so critically to multiple levels of what we've been talking about this morning, I think. And that's what, that's what Kim is referencing here in terms of just, just being with nature and connecting yourself to God and, and allowing it to sort of run through you. That's important for our environment it's important for the individual within the environment i think also don't, not assuming that what you always thought was true is true mm -hmm. a, a really kind, a kind of silly but also interesting example is here you know in burke for example people think that having a beautiful green lawn is being a steward of their of their home and their environment but really lawns are, are not a good thing from the perspective of the environment because they, they use a lot of resources. You know, they use water and herbicides and pesticides and so forth. And they're basically barren zones in terms of any sort of support for, you know, our native insects and our food webs and that sort of thing. What we really want to do is reduce lawn and put in, you know, native plants, again, that will support the environment. So again, we grow up with certain ideas of how things should be. And I just would encourage people also to be open-minded to read, to learn, you know, and explore these things and make sure that uh, you're keeping an open mind. Sure. I think probably reading Laudato Si would be good for people too, excellent, right? Excellent, excellent. And Wait. maybe even yeah. within the family. Yeah, involved sure. in the family. Include, include your young people in the family with that Laudato Si. It's not so complicated that, that they can't get it, and it's not so long that it can't be done. And we have a couple times, whether it's spring or the fall creation season, 
you know, there's op- opportunities, as, you know, for us to kind of retouch that and sure. revisit that. So. There's good videos, too, and the nice summaries, too, you know, for younger people or for, you know, the school-age kids, the teens, that can help to put it into words if they're struggling with understanding it. There's a lot of different versions of uh, interpretation that you can read. And, yeah. and one of the last do's would be check the bulletin. Kim works hard, and there's a couple of people that work hard to keep bulletin announcements in pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Little Creation Care Corner. Mm. And uh, ties things into seasons, and there's the informational stuff. So it's a good, that's an easy do. Were you guys involved? I can't remember if you already answered this question. We spoke like a month ago. Were you all involved at all in our solar panels, in our installation? What's kind of fun with that is that we... We did push pretty hard uh, with, you know, with Father Bob and with um, the financial committee, uh, sent them a lot of resources and so forth, but didn't feel as though we were really getting much traction. What we didn't know is that Father Bob's wheels were turning and Mm -hmm. and he was on this. It's just that I think he didn't want to make any promises or or anything. And then all of a sudden, I can just remember him catching George and I in the hall. I can't remember if it was, it was after the, mass. No, it was at the Peace and Social Justice. Oh, Peace and Social Justice dinner. We were dinner. coming out of the dinner. And he said, he said, guess what? We're getting solar panels. And I think our jaws just literally dropped open because we had sort of said, okay, well, it's not, gonna, it's not a today project, you know, that maybe at some point we'll get this going. But he was on it. It was such a beautiful project and uh, yeah. so powerful visually, yeah. you know, obviously financially, obviously for... Uh, the environment. I mean, it just has multiple. Yeah, multiple. he was very happy. That, that's why I bring it up because that that is something he's really proud of. The fact yes. that we here at Nativity Catholic We're, Church in Burke have solar panels. It was the third parish. I think something second or third very high up in the. In the uh, yeah, diocese. sure. Yeah, yeah, it really is an accomplishment, and and you know the fi- financial implications are important as well. It will make a, a difference for the church financially over time. But more important than that is it's what it's saying about how that we that we care for creation and and mm-hmm. we're saving energy and that's that's critical. And mm-hmm. even just the process of getting that to happen, the planting of the seeds, the conversations, you know, I think that's a good mm-hmm. example of what it really looks like, you know, and and to kind of fight past the discouragement at first, but then it's like okay, you know, that actually is making a difference. Those little seeds, planting, seeds. planting and, of the seeds, and making sure <laughs> now that, that's clever. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it goes back to the whole concept of the of the tulips so tulips are beautiful we plant them in the fall and they come up in the spring and they're like boom and they're beautiful the native plants we need a little bit more patience you plant the seed or we plant the small small plant and it may take a couple of years they grow roots first they Mm. grow roots first and that's what sustains them and then you have a beautiful garden but it does take more time so we've got to be patient. We have to be, you know, grounded in the belief that this will come. It, you know, good things will come. It's a beautiful yeah. analogy for discipleship, wouldn't you say, Father? I would say. Well, and I think it's. I think it kind of ties in nicely. I mean, I think it's it's beautiful. In our church goes through seasons as well, right? Obviously, there's seasons that surround our particular holidays with Advent and Lent, and then celebrating Christmas and Easter, and, and really kind of focusing on certain events in the life of the church. But one of the times in the church that just sort of gets sort of left beside. But like we have 35 weeks, 35 out of 52 weeks in the year are just called ordinary time mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just called ordinary time but there's nothing ordinary about it it's just that this isn't lent or easter right, right? 
And in the ordinary time, the church focuses on being a church at prayer and a church at study, right? And learning about our faith and putting into practice our faith. Kind of like you said, it takes a little bit more patience to get from, you know, Lent to Christmas to Easter, you know, and all the different, you know, around the cycle. And it can feel it's like today is the 32nd Sunday in ordinary time. Oh, man, here we go. But it's worth it because it's a season of growth in the church. And we mark it by wearing the color green right, <laughs> right. right. so perfect, perfect. It's, it's almost like it's almost like life imitate what, what do they say grace builds on nature right this i love that concept of grace building on nature everything in our church centers on things that we can see and taste and touch that's why we wash people with water and baptism is a thing right, right. that's why we nourish people with bread and wine and anoint them with oil physical things that remind us that god is doing something under the surface they're not just symbols they actually do something so in the real world like we find real grace in caring for creation and real uh, like real opportunity putting our hands to something saying you know i'm doing this for the glory of god and the betterment of the world so mm-hmm. uh, just a blessing so actually in kind of tying all that in together if somebody wants to get involved in creation care what would be your suggestions and maybe how do people get connected to you yes well i do want to mention one thing that's coming up that's very exciting and that is um it got postponed for march you know the peace and justice dinner that was to have a focus on creation care that was scheduled in march we had that freak snow event and it got postponed until september uh there's a wonderful guest speaker dan misla who's the founder of the catholic climate covenant and so I think it's been rescheduled, you know, for September here at Nativity. We're so blessed to have that here. So I would encourage people to sign up for that when it comes along, because this is the launching of the Laudato Si Action Platform for the diocese, which is going to be a really big thing over the next seven years, where uh, the diocese is really studying, learning, praying about Laudato Si and coming up with a, a, a pretty significant plan for the difference that we're going to make. So that's a great kicking off point. In the meanwhile, we welcome anyone to reach out to us. Um, we have an email address, nativitycreationcare at gmail.com. Uh, it's also on the parish webpage. It's also in the, in the bulletin pretty frequently. Because again, we welcome not only people who want to be a part of the ministry and do activities with us on a regular basis, but also people from other ministries who would like us to collaborate with them on projects or need some assistance with some sort of a project from a sustainability point of view. Um, you're just encouraging people to remember that, again, this is not just something nice to do. You know, this is part of Catholic social teaching and it is an obligation of our Catholic faith to to take these actions and to, and to take Gladato C into consideration on a daily basis. And it needs to happen now. It sure. needs to We've got now. to take action now every day yeah this isn't like one part it's not like you pick one thing in the church you know it's all included in our prayer and in our life right Mm -hmm. the way that we live the way that we practice the way that we worship there's no compartmentalizing in our faith right it's it's all inclusive when those when the homilies get noted when the creation care gets included in the homilies it's like oh it's just sings right right? i'll go hand in hand yeah it's what it ties in and it's just those are beautiful things and it's a little thing and yet it's, you know, three words, it's six words, and it really helps 
really reinforces what you were just saying. You you got it. You got it. And I think it's also important, I think we had talked about this a little bit off the air, but it's important to know that getting involved in creation care is not just signing up for our club. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. It, it's not just that. Although I imagine that if you didn't know where to start, talking to creation care would be the Definitely thing to do. Sure. To talk alert, to learn about gardening from an, from a real naturalist, this would be a good thing. <laughs> but it's also the kind of thing that everybody could do at home. Yes. yes. Right. So the idea I would imagine is that you guys could say that, well, we have 12 people who are part of the actual yes. creation care ministry. But the reality is, is that the whole parish is connected. That we're all in on it, whether it's you know. something that Father, we can yes. do. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I always appreciate that. And I also want to add, because um, I think you'd said that all are welcome. And I've always heard that when we say all are welcome, nobody shows up. So I want to change that just a little bit to say you, dear listener, you are invited. You are welcome to join Creation Care and be part of this or amazing Or if you're ministry. listening, if you don't live in Burke, if you're listening and you're from another parish, this sure. is something that you can absolutely start this kind of ministry at your own home parish, whether you're Christian, whether you're Catholic, um, whether you're not practicing. Uh, this is something that, like Kim and George were saying, you can absolutely start doing right now at home in, in kind of your domestic church. And then you can pitch the idea to some people, of, some fellow parishioners, your pastor. So yeah, I mean, you have the backing from the Pope. So uh, <laughs> part, of, part of the uh, organization from the diocese is to reach out to other parishes and to, for us to mentor or partner with, and it really just starts with a phone call. Mm -hmm. Hey, yep. what is this? Tell us how this works. And we've we've had a lot of that. And actually, through our organizations, our little uh, efforts here on campus, people you know come up and ask, "What is this?" and talk to us about creation mm -hmm. care, and and that that really helps, I think, as well. There is an ecumenical organization too, Faith Alliance for Climate Solutions, that we're a member of. They are extremely active in this area, and of course, particularly with, with climate issues, but also just with environmental issues mm -hmm. in general. And so, again, you mentioned, you know, this is not a Catholic issue. This is not a Christian issue. This is a worldwide issue. And yeah. so, you know, they welcome also involvement from, from right. a, a wide variety of individuals. That's beautiful. This has all been beautiful. This has been so good. But I, I got to ask one question because one we ask one. everybody, we always ask everybody this question just because, you know, like we talk about our world outside the church, but also inside the church. So inside the church, what is your pew? What's the place where you guys sit? Where 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 do Kim and George sit in the church? We are planted. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, one thing I have to say, you know, it's funny that very often people have, you know, they always attend 5 p.m. Mass or they always attend 11 a.m. Mass. George and I, between our grandchildren, uh, our, our work, and our uh, outdoor ministries, we are here at a different time every, every weekend. And we almost, we almost always, though, sit in the back on the right. We like to be able to watch the choir. We were a little hesitant during COVID. We kind of like our, our fresh space. And so sure. we sit sort of the back where the, where the air seems fresh and we're not too crowded. But um, yeah, we're, we are there. We right just, well, you'll just never know when you're going to find us there. <laughs> And a lot of times we'll have on blue jeans and dirty shoes, so that's the other reason we stay in the back. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> very relatable. We've been we've been already in the Kateri Garden that morning. That's love funny. It. We love it. Well, we have been just absolutely blessed to have you here with us. Just a fantastic conversation. Hopefully eye-opening for folks listening in and hopefully uh, encouraging for them to know that no matter where they are, no matter what their level of ability is, whether they are, you know, a botanist and a naturalist or whether they, uh, whether they're just, what was it, labor and <laughs> part, parts of labor? Nothing wrong with being a laborer. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That all of us have an opportunity and not just an opportunity, but an obligation to 
get involved in to get involved in caring and stewarding creation uh, from from the ground up. No pun intended. Um, oh, you're so all good. I was boy. All we've been, the puns. We've been ready for this episode. We've been we've been we've been building this. We've been building this for some time. Well, thank you so much. It, it has been a great pleasure to share with you and, and the community because yeah. again, it's such, you know such an important area that we need to be concerned on. You know, for for both uh, our planet and the poor. And so, thank you for this opportunity. Amen. Do you have any shout outs? I do, actually. Um, what is the name of the award again? The um, Laudato Si Champion Award. Was last year's recipient Melissa Sinclair? It certainly it was. was. Yes. yes. So I know she's really active. Um, yes. she, so Melissa is our uh, our tech specialist. She's also a math teacher, I think, over yeah. at the school. She does a lot. And she's personally helped me so much with like live streaming and technology during like 2020 and 2021. So uh, yeah, so I just want to give a shout out to Melissa Sinclair, the beloved teacher. And um, yeah, just over at the school for her work, not only just being a teacher, because that's amazing, but also in caring for the environment right so she's very active very appropriate mm-hmm. yeah, amen she's, she's terrific and uh, i will shout out our boy scout troops because i know that the boy scout troops work uh hand in hand with you guys a lot like you said with eagle projects and everything like that and mm-hmm. i think it j- jives perfectly because you had mentioned that we're always trying to get you know men involved in in, in creation care and, and sometimes sometimes we lose sight of that but i think the boy scouts really do uh, an important uh, an important job in our community and helping you know young men to learn a little bit about <laughs> a little bit about how to uh, care for the place where they go camping and hiking and how yeah, how definitely. to you know how to be a little bit more uh, conscientious about that. So yeah, we have a word. we have a number of uh, Boy Scouts and Girl Scout troops at our at our parish, and I know they work hand in hand with you guys. So mm-hmm. what a great blessing to have them in our uh, in our parish. So mm-hmm. well, look with that, our day has come to a close, and we are so grateful uh, for you, dear listeners. And we're signing off. God bless you. And have a great day. Mm-hmm.